Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is fiddler, singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Claire Sands, who has just put out the second of her four-part series, Teardraka August Fumdraka, Landscapes and Soundscapes. The song itself is called Aralum de Rune, Tell Me Your Secrets, which Claire calls a transcendent traditional trance-like mantra. Made in Ulster, it features Steve Cooney and Tommy Sands, and as you might have guessed, it's absolutely brilliant. The video, filmed by Lidane and Kasia Kaminska up a mountain in Donegal, is well worth your time as well. Highly recommend checking that out on YouTube. Our Lum de Rune follows the first collaboration in the series with Susan O'Neill, which was made in Munster and called Carry My Song. Upcoming collaborators include Brugine and Liam O'Manley from the Hot House Flowers, which you can hear more about in our chat to follow. One moment, one moment, we'll get there. A bit about Teardreka, August Fumdreka itself, before we get into it though. The project sees Sands embarking on an exploration of the nooks and crannies of Ireland's sights and sounds, navigating through uncharted territories where Irish and English languages, traditional folk and contemporary musics meet. The four new compositions are accompanied by four films that vividly capture the essence of each season, place and the artists involved. They will culminate in a short music documentary to be released later this year. So stay tuned to the end of the conversation with Claire to hear our Lum Darun in full. But first, let's take a listen to a little bit of the first part, Carry My Song, featuring Susan O'Neill, before Claire joins for a conversation on the Point of Everything podcast. So we're going to talk about Aralum Darun, your new song. It's Tell Me Your Secrets. And it's part of the Teardraka Agus Fumdraka Landscapes and Soundscape series. First of all, how did I do with my Irish? Very good. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that. Tell me about, first of all, this song, this video and uh, single that you've put out with uh, Steve Cooney and Tommy Sands. Congratulations. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Tell me about the creation behind it. Thank you. I'm delighted that you like it because I know it's 
it's a four and a half minute long weird trance thing so I'm absolutely delighted that you liked it um yeah so it's the second release of a four-part series and the series is something that I dreamt up uh, last summer up in Connemara just to sort of incorporate community and Kyol and Cora. So it's the second release. The first one was a release called Carry My Song with Susan O'Neill, which was a, a wild um, sea shanty of sorts. Fairly wild. Um, filmed on the cliffs there in, in Fenor the second week of January. So we had the long johns on under the dresses for sure. Um, but this is the second release. And yeah, back at Christmas, I just said, you know what? I'm going to ask one of my absolute heroes and giants of, of folk music, um, Steve Cooney and Tommy Sands. And they both were just delighted to be asked. So you're never going to know unless you try. So, yeah, about four weeks ago, we went up to this cottage, 300 year old cottage without electricity and without heating, took it over for the week. I turned it into a studio and we recorded Avalum the Rune. But I suppose the thing with the project is you have a week in the place. Like that's what I, I sort of go there from Monday to the Sunday and meet up with the artists, say, on the Friday. And that's when we do our collaboration and our recording. So it's a very, very fast changeover, you know. Yeah, just spend time in the area, take it all in, the soundscapes, the landscapes and see what comes of it then by the end of the week. I'm, I'm sort of calling it a transcendent traditional trance like uh, mantra because the tradition is definitely there and it's strong and it's running throughout, but there's definitely other influences creeping in. And, you know, of course, Steve's own roots, his Aboriginal roots, um, with his voice sounding like a didgeridoo throughout. So, um, yeah, that's sort of how it came, came about, you know. Wow, it, it sounds like it must have just been a magical week. Like, is there a pressure of having to create something at the end of it? Absolutely. You know, it was Wednesday and I still had no ideas sort of coming to me. And then Thursday, I just sat down and it just, came out of me and then but it has to be as well because Steve is coming on Friday so I don't want to be sitting there like a dope having nothing <laughs> nothing composed for him arriving to this this makeshift studio in a 300 year old cottage you know there is a pressure but it's it's hard not to be inspired as well as naff as it sounds when you're sitting like up a mountain in Donegal looking at sheep in in a blizzard you know it's it's <laughs> and and especially when you know that he's going to be knocking on the door pretty soon as well and to just roll with it and I suppose do my best, you know. Is it a proper like 50-50 collaboration or is it kind of like, this is my idea, Steve, what do you think of this? What can, what do you want to add to it? Yeah, I, I had a rough idea that I always could hear some sort of spoken word part at the top um, with Tommy. And Tommy is a cousin of mine based in Ross Trevor and he's part of, I suppose, the Sands family. And they were around for years and he did an awful lot of work throughout the troubles and political activism and just an amazing songwriter and man of peace, you know, amazing human. And uh, so it's just honoured that that he would take part in it as well. And him and Steve are really, really good friends. So it was nice having these two giants on, on my shoulders. But I did say to Steve, look, I hear Tommy doing some sort of spoken word piece at the start with spring at the core and me then adding a bed sound under it. And that's what, it, what all the sounds that you hear are me going out around Donegal with the Zoom recorder. And then, yeah, I wrote the tune and the words and I said, Steve, what? sort of accompaniment do you want to add to it and I think anyway you can hear his sort of rock and roll blues accompaniment in it which is it's uh definitely his characteristic of his playing and so special to to have that in the Irish traditional world mm. it, it sounds like something that might not have been able to happen like even 10 years ago like actually going to a cottage in kind of the middle of nowhere and setting up a studio like what is actually involved in the recording of the track itself is it is it just like a mic a couple of microphones that are needed 
exactly Owen a couple of microphones the microphone I'm using now and Steve had one and we literally played through it twice um, and I'm recording everything and sort of mixing and producing it and to be honest it's a new skill set that I learned last year when I was finishing my master's in composition in the University of Limerick which was amazing because I was my tutor was I suppose an amazing engineer really and his his work really involves setting up spaces and recording them and he's mad into electronics and synths and all this so I was paired with him for the last 12 months which was amazing for my own skill set to go into a space like that make it sound good as good as I could and uh, see what happens but with myself and Steve we just played it through once or twice and I think a lot of the time, you know, people can be in studios all day doing 20, 30 takes, but generally the first one or two in my experience is, is it like, so we just did that and then, yeah, sat back and relaxed and had a lovely time for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Have have you actually like recorded much in a studio or are you kind of like, do, do you kind of think that they're not the kind of the places where the magic happens sort of? Yeah, they're definitely changing. And I definitely think it depends on who's at the other end of the of the studio. You know what I mean? Who's engineering it? Um, I work like my album at the moment. I'm working between working on it myself, but also working with Brian Casey down in West Cork in Clannacilty. And he is just brilliant. We just really understand each other. And he also mixed and mastered this track as he did carry my song. So I just have everything together in a folder and I say, let's hear what you hear. Um. And the references, funny enough, this time were, I think, Tom Waits' Rain Dogs, because all the percussion is my voice um, sort of whispering and like making these weird noises. So all the percussion is basically voices and Brian just turned them into Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is interesting, though, because it doesn't quite like like it is trad. It's infused with trad, but it is these uh, different sounds. Like, do you ever worry about kind of like, oh, I'm doing something a little bit different here? You know, I'm kind of bringing like like you said. You know, you call it a kind of a trancy kind of uh, uh, song. Do you do you almost worry about like adding that to the tradition? I do, and I don't. I feel at the core of it is still very much the tr- tradition, and I think at the core of it, my own heart and soul is in it, and that's enough for me. You know, but you have to push the boundaries a little bit or it'll never evolve, you know, but there, there is a fine line and the fine line is different for everybody. Like if a lot of people up around here in Connemara heard that, I'm not sure that you do happy, but a lot of them would be happy as well that a young woman is, is incorporating the language and the music and trying to bring it to, I suppose, another place. Um, but it definitely is a fine line and it's different for everybody. And tell me about uh, the video as well. Very colourful. Was that done at the uh, same time as the track was recorded or a couple of weeks later? Or? It was indeed. Yeah, we, we only had Steve for the weekend. So the track was recorded on the Friday and we woke up Saturday morning. And honest to God, it was an absolute blizzard. Like it was one degree. It was a blizzard up this massive mountain in Donegal up in the cottage. And we just said, how are we going to record this video? So we sat it out till about one or two o'clock. And by one or two o'clock, it was a typical spring day. It was just like 20 degrees, you know. Um, But the video, yeah, it it was, again, filmed really fast in two or three hours and trying to incorporate the Donegal colours, obviously, with Steve sort of in the green and me in the yellow. And then I'm not going to lie, there might have been a bit of putching involved with me running up the mountain with no shoes on, dancing paganistically. Um, Yeah, there might have been a lot of putching involved. (laughs) that's part of it as well isn't it (laughs) sounds like it was uh it was good fun as well it was and and i must say the two videographers are two amazing women gwailgors from dublin actually and they're two twin sisters so they just 
understand each other. You don't need to say anything. To them. They're just amazing women and creators and just brilliant imaginations. And it was just such a nice experience to, to hang out for the weekend and yeah, get down to it, you know. Um, tell me more about the actual overall project as well. You kind of mentioned about how it started. Was it kind of just the weight of lockdown over the past year? You were just thinking like let me get around the country I need to meet new people like do new ideas was that kind of the main thought process behind it maybe I think it was but like I have been blessed as I've saying to you being in Connemara for the last year it's been it's been a very nice lockdown and I understand that that has not been the case for a lot of people but I definitely have been blessed to be here beside the sea swimming every day and to immerse myself in the landscape here and I think that was the main inspiration for trying to do something with incorporating the landscape and soundscape of four of the provinces and seasons rather than just here. So that was the main inspiration. But also, like, I feel musically so much of my career is collaborating and playing with other people, like as a as a session musician, but also songwriting and stuff like that. And it's just such a, a, a brilliant experience to just call up amazing musicians and say, do you want to do something, you know, and it's not going to happen unless you, you you just ring them up. But yeah, bringing in the sense of community as well. And when we were up there with Steve, you know, we were meeting his neighbours and just to immerse yourself fully in it for a week. So yeah, I'm up to, where am I going next? Up to Connacht next, uh, to Sligo, to my friend Breedine, who's an amazing um, composer and harpist. And uh, then rounding it up in Leinster with Liam O'Mainly. So I suppose two younger women and then... Uh, three older men um so it's nice to definitely see that dichotomy as well in the pieces you know and and so can you actually like in those two two pieces that you've um recorded and put out uh so far can you actually feel the location in it like do you actually think the the surroundings are infused with the music that you're making definitely i mean tommy's spoken word piece anyway all the nature sounds are are what i what i collected that week but I also think the piece is sort of, it feels to me like it's heavy, but also jagged. And looking out the window, it was this vast mountain and it was just wild that week, the first week of April, I think. Um, and so I do think that that's sort of caught and captured in my fiddle playing. But again, yeah, and I do feel it was there with Susan as well, you know, and, and the wild cliffs and Clare. So I'm intrigued to see what Sligo has to offer and, and Leinster as well, like. Have you played with um, Liam and Breedeen before? I played a lot with Breedeen. We were in college together, so we were really, really good friends that were just, we spent many nights and mornings in Charlie's, I'll tell you that, Charlie's Bar in Cork City. Um, and Liam, I've played a lot with the Hottest Flowers and I love playing with them. They're just soulful and it's trad at the core, but it's infused with all sorts of, of magic. And he's coming here actually tomorrow for a little gig, so it's going to be our first, like, gig just together which is really exciting but yeah like I'd never met Steve before the recording ever you know and obviously myself I, I accompany Susan a lot with her set so it's uh yeah it's exciting you know it's, it's definitely exciting I, I guess you just have like a long list of people who you would love to work with so it's just a case of uh just tick ticking them off almost yeah yeah absolutely yeah and but I've learned so much from it as well like like I can't even begin to describe how much I learned from that weekend with Steve and Tommy and from the weekend with Susan, you know, it just opens up your whole imagination when you hear their ideas. Mm. And and so like when when you are spending the whole week with them and or, or the few days with them, um, like 
are you getting to know them? Or are you just playing a couple of songs, trying to learn each other's um, kind of styles as well? Or is it or is it just like kind of shooting the shit? Shooting the shit. Yeah, shooting the shit. Um, with Steve, yeah, we went for one or two walks. Like the very first thing he said to me, actually, this sounds dark now, but it's, it is a northern, very funny humor. We met and we went for a cup of coffee and within five minutes, he pointed out the, the grave that he just bought himself, like in case he died. Um, so that was that like we we became friends fairly soon after that because my dad is from the north with a fairly dark sense of humor <laughs> um but yeah that was with it with Steve and with Susan again it was the same thing you know traveling around for the week finding a location you feel like detectives for the week trying to find somewhere that you think will sound good and but it, it was definitely different with the two of them and I'd obviously played with Susan before but Steve we had to feel each other out a little bit but it just like he's in my opinion, the best accompanist in, in Ireland anyway. If not, he's probably up there in the world and he just gets it, you know, which is very special. Yeah, I was thinking his style of playing, particularly like in the video, he's kind of like laying back in the chair, almost just kind of slowly strumming the guitar. It reminded me of Dennis Cahill uh, from The Gloaming. You know, it's not yeah. very front and center in your face. It's very much like, you know, like uh, letting you shine, I suppose. Exactly. And that's what a good, good accompanist does. And I, I learned so much about accompanying other people through Steve that weekend and just sitting back like it's it's not your it's not your show. <laughs> so, yeah, sitting back and just if you play one note, that's fine if that's what the song needs. And he definitely taught me that over the weekend because I have a, a tendency for sure and the fiddle to just be so excited, you know, like myself and Susan, when we recorded that, there was like 90 tracks of just like madness. So definitely it was nice to take a leaf from his um or a page from his book as well and just sit back into it you know that the the less is more mantra is is a good idea yes exactly yeah tell me about your own uh musical journey like when did you pick up the fiddle when did you know that you wanted to like continue making music and make music with all of these great people I started playing honestly on when I was about two or three. Like I, I think I'm, we've counted back about six generations of fiddle players, and um, so it's been in my family for a long time as a singing. But my journey has been up to this point has been really, really varied. Um, like I, I suppose I've been traveling the world for the last four or five years and learning music in all sorts of parts of the world. Like I go away every January by myself. And last January, I suppose, whenever, who knows when the last January was before the COVID, but I headed off to Mexico by myself and Guatemala and Cuba. And I just sit in with people with my fiddle on my back. And um, it was Morocco before that and just learn. And um, so maybe that's where the gras for continuing that sort of community and collaboration has happened. And probably where a lot of the influences sneak in into the into the music that I try to make anyway. But yeah, did my degree in UCC and then just finished my master's in composition and creative practice in UL. So a lot of, I suppose, formal musical training as well. Um, and definitely this year I've returned to my roots of folk and Irish trad, which I was always going to come back to. But the last few years I needed to wave off into the other field as well of jazz and uh, what other stuff was I playing? Everything, rock and roll, blues, anything and everything. Um, but I've definitely come home and it feels really nice to to do that. The formal side of things, the actual college learning, what prompted you to to get into that? Was it just kind of the technical side of things, like the the kind of ability to set up a studio or set up a couple of microphones? You just wanted to figure out the best way to do that or, or was there other reasons? 
Yeah, I suppose in UCC, the three years that I spent there was um, I wanted to do a degree in music, but also a degree in another subject. So I did Italian as well, which was really, really nice. Um, but the degree in UCC, you're just learning music from all all around the world. And I'm just, uh, like I suppose, obsessed with knowledge and learning. But then to go back and redo a master's last year was definitely a big step. And it was a brand new master's. There was only four of us in the class, which was fascinating. Like I was sort of in a way... They were all musicians, but it wasn't their jobs. Like there was a sound engineer, there was a Chinese composer, there was just from all walks of life. Um, so again, spending a year there and learning a whole new skill set um, has been class. And the, as I said to you there, I was learning a lot about electronics and setting up my own studio, but a, a lot of it as well was string composition. So it was really class to write strings and go next door to the Irish Chamber Orchestra and say, here's the crack. Do you want to play this? You know? Um, which has, again, gave me a massive foundation in arranging all that sort of music for other people or for my own for, for my own music. So, yeah, just more learning. The more I, I'm looking forward to going back again, you know, soon. It's just, yeah, it's endless, isn't it? Going back again and... I'd love to do a PhD, you know. I've always wanted to do something like that, probably in, in stemming from Irish traditional music, but... Yeah, to just keep keep going back to college. I'll be like one of those people that's still there when they're like 60. <laughs> just have to find loads of money first. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> tell, tell me more about uh, traveling the world, just because like, you know, over, over the past year, I presume that you've been kind of like me as well, just thinking of like, where will I go next? Where will I go next? Like, do you actually have a plan of attack of where, where you're going to go, where you're going to learn with the fiddle on your back? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go to South America properly whenever that time allows. And uh, I mean, that that the music from there is where it's all stemming from, really. And of course, over to Africa as well, To in particular to West Africa, would just be absolutely incredible to try in some way, learn just one or two of those amazing rhythms that are incorporated into all of our musics, you know. I mean, next year is looking pretty big touring wise, so that'll be nice to be able to to go to some new places as well um, in a new way the world is our oyster like hopefully when 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 we're all safe to do so so you found yourself in the past year moving to Connemara was that just because like where where else would I go why wouldn't I want to live here for a year yeah well, it was a big change from Cork City and Limerick where I've been based and uh just came up here on Paddy's Day for a week. You remember, we were all like, ah, this thing will be over in a week, you know. <laughs> so I just came up here with, you know, still sort of in my winter clothes, uh, more or less. And and I'm still here. Where, where What are we now in May? So, yeah, just completely immersed myself back in the Irish language. I'd sort of lost it after school. So went back and just delved deep into it finished the masters and um, started and finishing the writing on a new album as well and and putting lots of projects together and um, so it's been incredible to be here for the last year for sure uh that bilingual aspect was something that i wanted to ask you about the first song that you put out with susan o'neill is uh carry my song which is obviously in english and this one is uh mostly in irish does does that actually matter? And when, when does that come into it? Like, is that something that you're thinking of ahead of time that, oh, this will be an Irish track? Or is it just kind of like how how the atmosphere feels? I think you're you're right. Yeah, how the atmosphere feels. But I've made a conscious decision as well when I moved up here to for the rest of my life to incorporate the Irish language um, and in whatever way that I can. So um, the track with Susan, it did have a little bit of Irish in it, not, not as much. Um, but Steve is a Gael Gore as well, so that made that easier. But to incorporate it whatever way I can and do my part in bringing it forward to the next generation, 
Um, and there seems to be a renaissance in a way or people are going back to it and to folklore and it's it's really really nice because in a way all we had this year was to go back to our roots wasn't it like you, you you couldn't do anything else so that's um that brings a lot of joy to my heart for sure um but yeah and and I know as well it's sort of a risky thing to have a song completely in Irish um but then I was thinking a lot of the music we listen to you know whether it's Ida Piaf or whoever else it doesn't matter what language they're in and whether you understand it or not like it's whether you believe them so I think that's uh, I just rolled with that to see how it would go but people seem to be enjoying it anyway which is nice <laughs> yeah it's great it's great um and tell me how this project fits in the whole album aspect overall do you see it as part of the album which you mentioned that you're working on or, do you, or are they kind of separate entities or, or what are you able to say I suppose they started as separate entities but now they're very very much a part of it because it is my sound you know it's this folk trad at the core with all these other influences and yeah Susan and Steve are more than delighted to have it on and featured and I have a lot of other amazing people that are going to be sort of featured throughout little samples and little stories and stuff like that so like a concept album really a journey between the dark and the light and uh yeah, just looking forward to getting it out in the world whenever whenever is the right time. Who knows? Like, <laughs> how, how far along is it? Is is it like near completion or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going into the mixing stage now at the moment. So, yeah, just sort of sitting on it and getting dates confirmed for next year and all that sort of stuff. So everything is a little bit up in the air, but it'll settle and it's 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 exciting for sure. The, the new um, road ahead. Was it all made in lockdown or over the past year? Yeah, most of it. But to be honest, lockdown and the pandemic and everything has not come into it at all. It's really the album is really about capturing place and it's the bilingual songs throughout and it's just pulsating fiddles and rhythm throughout as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it out. Great. It sounds like an exciting time for you. Spent the last year kind of wisely, maybe gathering yourself and gathering new ideas or old ideas re- kind of repackaged and now looking ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I think, yeah, I'm feeling good anyway today, so that's nice. Maybe it's just the freezing cold Atlantic water I got out of there about an hour ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely excited and excited to, to play the songs live again. You know, it'll be nice to have the little, myself and Liam are doing a little gig up a mountain here, um, like literally up a mountain. And funnily enough, the other fellow that I just bumped into this morning on the beach, I was staring at him like I, I looked like a total weird. I was like, is that him? I'm too shy to go over. Is that him? But Ronan Osnudi from Keela is around as well this weekend. So the jams are going to be had. <laughs> You've got the putchine ready. I have the putchine ready. Yes. Courtesy of Steve Cooney. He'll kill me now if he hears his podcast. <laughs> we'll say no more we'll say no more um okay so you've just put out this track so you've got a couple of months to spare but when are you planning uh to do the other ones with Bridine and Liam yeah so Bridine we're booked in there I think in Sligo the second week of July and I keep it to a four-week changeover video mixing producing everything out in four weeks like so that should be out I suppose at the start of August and then with Liam it'll probably be more or less mid uh October I think yeah and uh some nice shows and stuff like that ahead as well for the summer which is great great well i really enjoyed chatting with you love these tracks and um best of luck with your gig up a mountain tomorrow and best of luck with the year and finally getting back touring as well thank you owen so nice to chat to you and up cork
Yeah. 